Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and we have a great show for you full of Vegas news. As a reminder, you can watch this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories to get all of the visuals that go along with the audio. And this week we have a ton to talk about. We did two separate videos, one discussing the blockbuster sale announced by MGM Resorts. They didn't say who's going to buy the property, but they are selling Mirage in early 2022. Caesars also announced they're going to sell a property on the Strip in the first quarter of 2022 as well. So much to discuss, including who potentially could be buying the properties and what it means for Vegas, plus tons of other news, including a new residency at Resorts World, the ugly new arena coming to Henderson, and a lot more. Stick around for all of it. But first, if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. Just subscribe in whatever podcast app you're listening to now, or just search MTM Vegas in any podcast app. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving us a five-star review. Helps us out tremendously. We really appreciate it. All right, a lot to talk about today. Let's get into the show. All right, Mark, did you hear the big news? Lots of sales coming in Vegas. Mirage is now up for sale. Caesars is selling a property. Let's dive right into it. Uh, November 3rd, Bill Hornbuckle, the CEO of MGM Resorts, released a letter. Now, there had been rumors from Vital Vegas and a couple other places over the last week or 10 days that this was heating up. But MGM, probably in response to Caesars, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, said that they are going to sell the Mirage. They're in the early stages of selling. Mirage or the operations of Mirage. Uh, as a reminder, MGM Resorts doesn't actually own the land anymore. MGM Growth Properties owns the land and MGM Growth Properties is separately being bought by Vici Properties, the spinoff that owns all the Caesars. It's just so complicated. It doesn't matter. So it's the operations of the Mirage. This is what he said. Today, we are announcing that after careful consideration, we have made the decision to sell the operations of the Mirage to another operator a move that we believe is best for the long-term success of both the property and MGM Resorts. The Mirage is a world-class, iconic property with unique attractions that is ripe for continued investment and development. It will be the crown jewel in another operator's portfolio. So basically not the crown jewel in theirs anymore. Uh, I, I like the Mirage a lot. What do you think about this? Uh, first off, Hornbuckle is an uh, amazing name, so uh, I want to <laughs> give props to that. <laughs> uh, his parents uh, must have made some really cool buckle, or his uh, great-great-grandparents made some cool buckles out of horns back in the day. I don't know, but I like it. Um, yeah, it, 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 the letter was kind of surprising because they didn't come out like a Caesars where they're like, hey, we want to sell a property. It's like, by the way, I know you work at Mirage. We appreciate all you've done. It's getting sold. So that's that's pretty forceful words. They must have, I would imagine, something in the works already, or they've already had you know some some agreements like handshake type of things in place. I, I don't think you'd come out with a letter worded that strongly unless you had something already somewhat lined up. That's just kind of my take on it. But it makes sense for them to sell it. You know, it's kind of on the outskirts of the, their property lines of what they own, and and it doesn't really mesh with them trying to be more higher end with Cosmo and stuff like that. So I could see it. And uh, I know we disagree on who's going to buy it, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win this one. All right. Well, we'll get into that in just a second, but you know, Mirage sits on the end of kind of disconnected from the rest of their properties. And they recently are buying the operations of Cosmo, which is right in the middle of their property. So this could almost be seen as them, you know, getting rid of one, uh, getting uh, another. All right. So I know who you think is going to buy it. 
but I think, uh, you know, I think it could be a number of things, but tell, tell us your theory on who you think is going to buy Mirage. I think it's going to be uh, Phil Ruffin. You know, he's got Treasure Island. They can maybe he can get the tram working, connect them again, kind of like they were back in the old day. It makes a lot of sense. You know, Circus Circus too. They're all kind of like near each other, and it, it just would fit very well with what he already has. So that that's kind of which way I'm leaning. It, does it make too much sense? But I don't know. It, it just seems right. The one thing that is I'm sort of hesitant with this is that it's just the operations of the casino, not the land. Uh, Ruffin, obviously his other properties, he owns both. Uh, maybe that's not a huge deal in this new world where everything's getting decoupled, but uh, that's maybe a concern. And that's probably a reason another operator that's been talked about is Hard Rock International. I think Hard Rock would be a great fit for Mirage. Uh, their properties like in Florida have amazing pools. Uh, there's a lot of land there that they could do stuff with. But again, does Hard Rock want to have the land, want to you know, control uh, the land as well? Maybe. Uh, but there's other operators that could be coming in. What about like your your friend Derek Stevens down in in downtown with Circa? Uh, there's other regional operators. Uh, Penn National sold Tropicana recently to Bally's. Uh, maybe they want to get back into the strip. Maybe Bally's wants to expand uh, their their uh, presence. They've been buying a ton of properties all over the country. So there's a lot of options here on who could buy this. But I mean, Phil Ruffin and Treasure Island. Now the tram has been working again. They did get it back up and running. Those properties have been linked forever. Treasure Island, a lot of people don't know this, opened as Treasure Island at the Mirage. Uh, originally, it was designed to be an expansion of the Mirage. Then they made it its own property, but they still tied them together very closely. So those properties would be, uh, they would feel right being back at home with each other. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Paris and Bally's. I know they're a lot closer, but you know how they kind of, it almost feels like an extension of it or an extra tower or, you know, a Venetian and Palazzo, like that type of, synergy it would work out really well so that'd be kind of cool uh it's good that the tram's up and running so maybe it doesn't really matter but it would be kind of good to have like where you could stay at either property and bounce back and forth and and all that stuff and they were in the same uh network gaming uh loyalty program and all that stuff so that's my hope at least but we'll see yeah we'll see now mirage itself is fairly modern they've done a lot of renovations to the casino um, I had a room there maybe a month or two ago. The rooms are a little challenged. I think the rooms themselves are good, probably a little dated, but they have that tropical vibe, which works for me. The bathrooms are of that late 80s era where they just built these tiny bathrooms. And I don't know how you overcome that if you want to be a room size is important. Property. Sean yeah. loves his room well, size. <laughs> I will, but I will say I like the rooms there aren't particularly big, but I like the rooms. So I, I think the rooms are great. I wouldn't not book there because of the bathroom, but I know that's a big issue for some. And the bathrooms are incredibly small there. Very, very tight. So that is a big drawback there. But it is a nice property. A lot of land there. You have obviously the dolphin experience, the secret garden in the back. So will the new owner keep all of that going? Or is that potential room for another tower? You know, there are there are other uh, opportunities that may present themselves here uh, with this property, but uh, it is a, a big moment when Mirage, basically the first mega resort to usher in this modern era, is going to change hands. It was owned by Mirage Resorts, you know, which got taken over by MGM. So it's always stayed in that sort of family. So this is the first time it's going out of that. Excited to see what happens. Can't wait for Hard Rock to come to the strip. Just kidding, Mark. I know I don't want to trigger you there. <laughs> I've been thinking uh, Circus South does have a good ring to it. So there we go. Let's do yeah. that. Now, Grandpa D on Twitter made a good point. He said, Phil Ruffin, if he was to do it, to your point, he could sell off the festival grounds on the corner of Sahara, maybe some of the Circus Circus Manor 
uh, motel areas and things like that, make that a property for another developer to build another casino and then use some of that money to buy Mirage. So uh, there's definitely a lot of options here. We don't know. People would kind of miss uh, uh, motels by Circus Circus, right? I mean, yeah. Well, the manor. I do. I do have to stay there one of these <laughs> one of these days, or at least get a room there. Right? I don't know if I actually want to sleep yeah, yeah. in the manor. Just get a but room. I will, I will say a lot of people don't know the manor at Circus Circus, or I guess Circus Circus. I think all the rooms could use it, but there's a water park there now with water slides, and I'm not sure if it's exclusive just to the RV park and the manor, or if the big tower is going to use it. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some cool stuff there at Circus Circus. But let's talk about the other big news, and that is the fact that Caesars has said that they are going to sell a property in early 2022 as well. They didn't give us the benefit of knowing what property it is, although we can probably narrow it down to a couple. Uh, what what do you think? What, which properties do you think that they are going to sell? In t- or property do you think they're going to sell in 2022? Yeah, I mean, everybody's been talking about Planet Hollywood, so that'll be top of the list for sure. Um, although I, I think that would be a mistake. I think that's one of their better properties, you know, top two or three. So uh, Bally's kind of makes the most sense to me from one perspective. They've had a lot of their restaurants pulled out. It's kind of empty. It's kind of like set up for somebody to come in and do their own thing. The only weird thing is it's so connected to Paris. I don't know if somebody would want that. And it's a smaller plot of land, as you've said in the past. So there's not a lot of room for improvement there. But I don't know. I don't know what else. Maybe maybe my uh, famous famously loved Cromwell. <laughs> no. That's probably too small for anybody to care. Yeah, I don't I don't think Caesar's gonna sell Cromwell because it's so small, but also because it's right on that corner. And why would you want to give up control of that corner when you have Flamingo sitting right behind it and everything else? I agree with you. I think it has to be either Bally's or Planet Hollywood. Now, Caesars owns both the land and the operations of both those casinos. So whoever buys it will get that. A lot of people think that Paris and Bally's operate under one gaming license because they did when they opened, but they're separate properties now. So that's not really an issue if they do to sell decide to sell one of them. There is one big issue with Bally's besides the small plot of land is that it shares a parking garage with Paris and the entrance is in Paris. So uh, you have to walk through that connector. There is some surface parking, so you could overcome that in certain ways. I think Planet Hollywood is the most likely candidate here. Uh, Kind of like Mirage, it sits on the edge of Caesars properties, you know, on the very south edge. And it's a probably a much more valuable property than Bally's. Although the one thing that kind of throws me for the loop is that restaurant situation. Why are they kicking out these restaurants, allowing these restaurants to stay closed at Bally's if they're not really, uh, you know, planning to get rid of it. But also, why didn't Bally's buy Bally's if it was for sale? Why did they buy Tropicana? This is such a weird (laughs) world we live in these days with these sales. Yeah, Bally's and Bally's would just make too much sense for Vegas. So they had to to go elsewhere. I don't know. I mean, if if I could pick one that I would want them to sell, it'd be Harris because I hate it. But (laughs) just get rid of it. Nobody likes it. Oh, I'm sure people do like it. Old timers, I guess. I don't know. I, I've never liked it. And the, yeah. the casino, the rooms, nothing. The pool is like a Holiday Inn pool. It's just terrible. Well, it, just it was a Holiday out. Inn, right? I mean, it was famously a Holiday Inn. So so you don't like purple. Is that what it is? You just hate, yeah. hate the color purple. I mean, the carnival, the carnival area is cool. Besides that, yeah, bulldoze it. Let's go. They just spent a bunch of money renovating it and renovating all the rooms. So I don't, based on what I've heard, think it's going to be that. But I mean, the thing is that they need money, right? That's why they want to do it. They need to clear up their balance sheet. Tom Reeg, their CEO, said we would expect to sell a single property and be done, but we will assess where we are in the market, what our balance sheet looks like afterwards, and how we feel about our future prospects. But I think we'll be limited to one asset. So 
probably just one asset. Of course, they already sold Rio uh, a while back. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Planet Hollywood would be my guess, although I think Bally's is probably equally as likely given the restaurant situation there. But, you know, who are the players? Who do you think is going to come in? Is it the same? You know, is it Hard Rock? Maybe some of the tribes out of Southern California or other, you know, gaming tr tribes that own casinos elsewhere in the country? I mean, we've talked about diversification, so this is good, I think, right? Yeah, I... I mean, it makes a lot of sense for Hard Rock just because the vibe of the place and, and kind of what they have set up, the color scheme, all that. It feels very Hard Rocky. You know, they have rock playing, dancing girls, all that stuff, like fun atmosphere. But, you know, Hard Rock, as we've seen, likes to have these elaborate pool areas like they do uh, in, in the Hollywood, Florida area. And kind of like the big guitar tower, all this cool stuff. And I don't know, you know, that pool area is on a rooftop. There's not much you can do with it. They even have, you know, what's interesting is they have the timeshare property behind it, which ha actually has a better pool area than I think than actual Planet Hollywood does. So does that play into it? Do you not want that attached with the mall and all that stuff? So yeah. I don't know if Hard Rock will. I, I feel like Hard Rock either needs to get back into Virgin or build their own thing. Um, but it'll be <laughs> interesting to see if somebody new comes in. Somebody, hopefully it's somebody from that we aren't even expecting, like off out of this world, like from California, something, whatever, uh, that just comes out of nowhere and buys it up. Yeah, I think more likely. And now Jim Allen did say at G2E that they're not buying Planet Hollywood. So I would assume that if it is Planet Hollywood, it's not Hard Rock. Um, I also assume that they wouldn't want Bally's. Uh, the one thing about Hard Rock is they have these really beautiful flagship properties in Florida, but they also have a ton of regional casinos that aren't particularly, they're not bad, right? But they're not particularly like high end or crazy good. So uh, I can see Bally's fitting in that way, but this is going to be their flagship presence uh, on the strip if they do it. I still think they want to build something new and uh, maybe consolidating some of those properties like the one on Harmon we talked about, or perhaps the festival grounds, other things elsewhere. I want a guitar tower on the strip. That's what I want. I want to see a big giant guitar tower. Uh, it's it's a really cool thing. So yeah, I, I don't know. There's challenges either way, but to your point, good to have more operators coming in. Good to have more diversity. I think investors are seeing that having uh, just for the companies, for MGM and Caesars, owning so much property so close together doesn't provide the synergy that they think it does. It ends up, you know, cannibalizing their own business. And I think that's why you're seeing some of this sort of offloading of stuff. Although MGM on the same point, they just double down by getting Cosmo. So who knows? But uh, the landscape of Vegas is changing. Any other final thoughts? I know you. I know you're really dying to see them take Hard Rock to take over Virgin. I know that's really what you. Yes. What your dream is. Bring it back. Fill, <laughs> uh, dig back out the pool. You know, you put you you put fake grass down. Dig that out. Let's make it cool again. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the fun Halloween weekend. I didn't do much other than trick or treating with my kids. I saw a cool haunted house in the Southern Highlands area that had a pirate ship and some other stuff. Uh, but uh, I think the event of the weekend or the week was the Vegas Vicky costume contest at Circa 10 K prize. Like I think over a hundred applicants showed up uh, including uh, Viva Las Value, who we, we like on Twitter. Should have won like a lot of fun. $10,000 is a pretty big uh, win. So you would think there'd be like thousands of applicants and, you know, I saw the the final two do the walk and everything. I didn't really notice anything that unique about them. I really do think Viva Las Valley should have won just because it was, like, so much different yeah. than most. Yeah, he, he did great. Uh, at least he should have been a finalist, right? 
So I, I yeah. should tell Circa, why aren't why aren't we judges? Why didn't they invite us? There's some of our uh, compatriots, some of our other podcasters were judges. So uh, maybe next year we want to throw our hat in the ring because Viva Las Vegas definitely would have well, made it to the finals with us. Would you uh, would you rather judge uh, the Vegas Vicky or uh, Deja Vu Showgirl of the Year? Which one? Vegas Vicky for sure because it's fun. <laughs> it's Vegas. Come on, care about the care about the rest of that stuff. So yeah, Vegas Vicky for sure. What other casinos do you think could could host a, a costume contest around their theme that would be kind of fun? Uh, Emperor uh, Caesars, I think that was like the one that would jump to mind first off. You know, you could wear a, a nondescript NFL jersey as your costume, I guess. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's not a Raiders jersey. But yeah, I, I, what about Flamingo? You could dress up like a Flamingo. That would be that would be fun. Or MGM Grand, the Lion. People with their fun funnest Lion costumes. But nothing as good as Vegas Vicky. I think. Circa nailed it. I hope they make this a an every year event, and uh, maybe we'll get Vegas Vic also uh, the male uh, counterpart uh, costume contest. Yeah, there well. we go. Come on, uh, equal sexes, right? <laughs> there you go. We, we deserve but, ten thousand dollars too. <laughs> just despite, uh, but yeah, I mean, thanks to Viva Las Vegas for representing all us males in the uh, in the Vegas Vicky contest. He did a good job, and uh, I mean, one person walked away with ten thousand dollars. She had a great costume. There were some really cool ones with lights. And glow sticks, and you know, even somebody made a big mask. Like it was very impressive how much they went through for these costumes. So good on them. It seemed like they stuck to the more like uh, straight laced outfit, like the most representative of what they were shooting for. So, which kind of depressed me. I feel like it should go to the person that puts in the most effort and does something unique. But that's why we need to be judges, I guess. Yeah. Well, and this is just the first year, right? So this is a baseline to build off of, and uh, hopefully they. They do it. So, yeah, Circa, if you're out there watching, we'd be more than happy to come and uh, throw a hat in the ring if you want us. Uh, let's talk about a lot of stuff because there's a lot more to talk about in Vegas. Uh, like, we're, we're chock full of news this week. I did want to mention to people out there, if you like us talking, we also have our Miles and Points podcast, the MTM podcast. You can find that at mtmpodcast.com or just search Sean Coomer or Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. You can find that. And uh, we also have our link for Travel Freely. If you want to learn about uh, diving into miles and points, traveling for free, getting free hotels, flights, stuff like that, you can find that in the description. Let's talk about record gaming revenue. Uh, well, first, Mark, uh, before we do that, the mask mandate was rumored to go away November 1st. Uh, that's not happening. Uh, we got guidance yesterday. I can't, I can't believe it's still a, a thing. Like, I thought for sure it'd be gone. Like, I thought it'd be gone a long time ago. And I can't, it's amazing that it's dragging on, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, so Clark County is still in a substantial transmission state, which means between 50 and 99 new cases per 100,000 um, are, are positive. So we're better than we've been, but still not where they want. And they said the mask mandate stays in effect. And uh, I imagine it's probably going to go on for a little while here. But it's not affecting anything as far as revenue, uh, record gaming revenue on the Strip for the last few quarters Uh like, here it goes. Casinos on the Las Vegas Strip set an all-time quarterly record during the third quarter by collecting $2.1 billion in gambling revenue. Um, that's coming from the Gaming Control Board. And the previous record was $1.8 billion. So that was in 2006. Vegas is back, yeah, it's crazy. I guess. Well, and, but they're still not making money. Uh <laughs> uh, so, so it's bizarre. Like, you know, we've seen over the last few years... Vegas kind of shift away from gamblers like they're not they're not trying to bring in as many gamblers they're more of a you know entertainment foodie type of mecca 
and this has kind of shifted it back more to gaming. And, you know, they're still showing, like, you know, I know we'll talk about Caesars in a minute, that's still showing a, a net loss. But they're still struggling to keep up with that type of stuff, like the the restaurants and, and the hotels and everything. So people are coming to gamble. I don't know if that's, you know, fueled by locals or people coming from California and stuff, but it doesn't seem like the rest of the stuff is kind of caught up in it. It is uh, interesting to see it kind of paradigm shift from where Vegas was going, you know, away from gambling to now gambling is kind of driving things. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big switch back and forth, right? We had the days of the loss leader where the casino was king, and then the last 20 years the casino hasn't been. But what's really crazy is what's driving this is slot machine revenue, uh, is sports betting revenue. So in September, slot wins were $355.3 million. Uh, that's a 15% increase over 2019. And overall for the quarter, $897.5 million for the slots. Yeah, I mean, just astronomical numbers. So... People are not only coming to gamble, but they're taking the lowest odd odd options. They're playing the stupid crane games. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the stadium uh, slots are paying off or whatever, you know, the moving to that and away from table games have been working for them. Now, you did mention Caesars uh, lost money, right? I mean, they they announced their third quarter earnings and uh, they had revenues of 2.7 billion versus 1.4 billion last year, a net loss of... 233 million through the first three quarters compared to a 926 million dollar loss last year not a big surprise because of covid uh, but they're still losing money um, they say uh, some things like the fire in tahoe hurricane ida affected them they say that their digital strategy is going well their sports strategy is going well they expect their sports business to be profitable by the opening of the nfl season in 2023 so they say they're on course but they're still losing money caesar's probably I don't know. I don't know. When are they ever? Are, is there anything that Caesars can do to make money? How are how are they losing money if they've cut everything? I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're giving you like a thimble of drink, and you know they 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 cut back to low shelf, and they're charging all these random fees, and they're still losing money. So I don't know. I don't know what what the goal is for them or how how they get out of it, but it is kind of crazy. Like you look at we've talked about staffing levels and how they're you know a whole bunch of uh, restaurant workers aren't back to work and how they're uh, struggling with maid cleaning services. So they're paying out a lot less in, uh, you know, employees. So where, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. You think with uh, extremely high gaming revenues and low bottom line costs, they'd be making money, but they're, they're messing it up somewhere. Well, they, you know, they had Tom Rieg, their CEO said, our third quarter operating results reflect an all-time quarterly EBITDA, the earnings before interest, tax depreciation and amortization record. So they had the best quarterly uh, earnings as far as that goes in our Las Vegas segment, uh, a new record for their regional segment as well. And then they're encouraged by the uh, Caesar Sportsbook stuff. So they did show some really good strong signs of revenue. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they, they do there. The other big news that came out of their earnings call, and I think it's a lot more interesting to talk about, is that they said they will be selling a property early next year. They didn't indicate what property it would be, but basically they said with MGM paying so much for Cosmo that they feel the market's there that they should uh, clear one of their properties off their books, said they probably won't sell two. We did talk last week about Gene Simmons putting his house up for sale, and I guess that was a sign of what was to come as Kiss canceled their residency at uh, the Zappos Theater in Planet Hollywood. All the tickets were pulled down. I don't think that they confirmed why, but... Uh, from what I heard, it was just poor ticket sales, uh, a lot of other issues. I think they lost 
uh, one of the band members earlier this year to COVID as well. Um, and there's a lot of other criticisms of their tour and, and other things, but Kiss pulling out of Vegas. So, uh, that hurts. I don't know. Would have been fun to see them. Yeah. I, I, I bet you that's why he sold the house really. And yeah. the the heat was that it was a big fail and he wanted to get out of town. He's trying to make his money back on whatever he spent trying to get this thing off the ground by selling the house for like double the price. But yeah, it's kind of surprising, you know, a lot of nostalgia concerts, like groups and singers and stuff come to Vegas at the end of their career and kind of revive themselves and kiss seemed like a perfect match for that. But I guess not a lot of Detroit, Detroit rock city lovers out there anymore. <laughs> well, we did unfortunately lose kiss, but we learned of, what that next residency at Resorts World will be. They have not confirmed this, but Vital Vegas, I think, broke the story. ET Canada has confirmed it, so uh, I feel like we can cover it. They say that they confirmed directly with Resorts World that sometime in 2022, Michael Buble will be coming to Resorts World. I actually think that's a pretty good move. I think he'll sell plenty of tickets, kind of a counter to Lady Gaga down at the Park Theater at Park MGM. Uh, do you think he'll be popular? Oh, I'm sure he will be. Uh, I don't think it compares to Gaga, but I think it, he's very popular. So I'm sure hater, hater, out. hater. <laughs> I I don't know. It just seems like Resorts World is just like, hey, let's throw people out there. Like, let's get everybody, which is cool. You know, they're getting a whole bunch of unique, different acts. But it just seems like every week it's somebody new that for a residency. So it will be interesting to see who stays long term, who does more than like a short stint and does it like on a yearly basis. And or are they just going to bring in new acts like every year all the time? And I mean, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. I'll keep them in the news and keep people interested in it versus, hey, you know, you go here to see uh, Wayne Newton. You know, that's the way it is forever type of thing. So I, I don't know. It just it seems a little bit different than than what most Vegas places are doing. Well, we're talking about Resorts World because we can't go a show without talking about them, even though just a little segment this week. They did drop a bunch of offers for locals. So 35 percent off rooms different discounts at different restaurants, especially during the week, free entry to the Zook nightclub on Thursday nights. They put up a website to rwlocals.com. Yeah, <laughs> rwlocals.com. I looked at the hotel rates and it really is a discount, 35% off. So the cheapest rates I was able to find for the Hilton were $64 a night before resort fee. So that I think that works out to be about 125 all in. Not terrible. Conrad was only 71, so $7 more uh, for the Conrad. Uh, so Crockford's a little bit more, and I'll play some video of some prices as I'm talking about this. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a discount. I mean, 64 bucks for the brand new Hilton in Las Vegas. If you're a local, I don't know. I'd consider it. Uh, Am I probably... wrong to say the, the $7 isn't worth it for the upgrade to Conrad? Or... <laughs> I think so. Well, if you're a Hilton Diamond, you're going to get that extra breakfast oh, credit. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're going to get there another, go. what, 20 bucks in be breakfast credit So uh, for two people So overall. So yeah, you definitely maybe want to do that. Uh, the room is bigger. I think for $7, I would pay to stay at Conrad, uh, <laughs> unlike you. Although I have not slept at Hilton, so maybe I need to do that. Even though I've been in the rooms there, I have slept at Conrad. I've, I guess, stayed at Crockford. So uh, I do need to lay my head in the pillow there. So maybe I'll do it. But those that resort fee, I mean, it's $64, but it's like $125, really, when you, uh, when you factor in the resort fee. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Speaking of locals... The Vegas housing market is sort of crazy. We talked last week with the Gene Simmons thing. Uh, there's a story this week that uh, rents are at a record highs now in Las Vegas. Uh, for a one-bedroom is averaging $1,800 a month. A two-bedroom, $2,000 a month. Rents are up 30% year over year just in 2021. Kind of a 
a huge, huge issue facing Las Vegas for people moving here uh, and stuff like that. But what I found was interesting, and this was sort of a national story. Did you see it, Mark? Zillow announced earlier this week that they are going to stop buying houses temporarily. And then the next day they said they're just going to stop buying houses altogether because they have so many houses that are underwater that they bought over the last year. So maybe a sign that the market is starting to hit that top. Zillow has more data than anybody else on the housing market, and they couldn't even make a profit flipping houses. That does seem kind of sad on their on their part. Uh, and maybe they it feels like they timed it wrong. They should have started buying like two years ago, and they'd be making a ton of money. But I didn't even know Zillow was into buying houses. I thought they were just the thing you go for like marginally okay information on the housing market or to you know kind of scroll through uh, listings. But I don't know. There's the estimates always off according to realtors. So maybe they were basing their purchases on that and it didn't work out so well. No, I doubt that they were doing that. So what, what Zillow does is they sell leads to real estate agents. So they're collecting so much data from the people searching and from what people want. So imagine that every time somebody goes to Zillow and they search Las Vegas, a zip code, what type of bedrooms they want, what type of house, they're collecting all of that data. And then they thought that they could use that data to find the right neighborhoods and the right houses. And I think something like in Vegas, they have something like 500 houses, uh, but they have houses underwater in multiple markets now, including Phoenix and elsewhere. Um, so yeah, it just didn't work out for them, but they have been a data aggregator, I think since the mid 2000s. And uh, that's where they make a lot of their money, not from you visiting the site, but from selling your data, your behavior history, your leads. If you fill out a form there, you know they'll sell it to a bunch of realtors, bunch of loan officers. Uh, stuff like that, but they are underwater. So watch the housing market. Let's see how it how it goes. It's certainly not going to be like 2008, 2009, but uh, we may have hit the top at least uh, for now. And we'll keep you guys uh, up to date on that. Out to Henderson now, Mark, and the Dollar Loan Center. Oh God, I can't believe I even said that out loud. That's the new arena. That's going to be our arena football team and our Henderson Silver Knights minor league hockey team. It's not too far from my house. Uh, they sold out the naming rights to. A payday loan place, you know, the their website is don'tbebroke.com, as classy as can be. But <laughs> I, I did a walk there the other day, and man, that building is ugly. It looks like they cut costs wherever they could, so there's very few windows or glass. Uh, there's a big dispute now between the neighbors about how much signage they can put on and the brightness of the sign. I say they should slap this thing with as many signs as they can. Uh, I'll throw up some video here. It is ugly for an arena. It looks like a big office building. That's going to be uh, an arena. Just with the naming, I had such high hopes for this place. I'll still see some sporting events there, but they messed this up in every possible way, the city of Henderson, from the name to the design to, to everything else. Uh, and even the neighbors are upset. Yeah, anytime it's called dollar loan, it's, not, it's probably not going to be good. They got it from the bargain bin. They, they went to the yeah. dollar store. And, and remember, and Mark, there is, a, there is a dollar loan center inside the dollar loan center. So it's an arena that will have a payday loan place inside oh, of it. This is, uh, uh, this is what we've come to out here in Henderson. I mean, I guess it's an improvement over what was there. And uh, yeah, I'm not happy about the name, but there you can see what it looks like. It's almost done. The outside is almost finished. Not so excited about this. I have not gone from excited about something to less excited about something more than with this project. Uh, and speaking of new projects, there is one more I wanted to talk about. That's Las Vegas Sands, who sold the Venetian. They all want to get into New York City, Flushing Meadows, right where the Mets play. They want to build a casino there, the third casino in New York. What do you think? I think the whole thing's a little bit strange because I thought they wanted to get out of the U.S. market or maybe it was just the Vegas market and they were going to try to focus international where they were making most of their money anyway. But 
I've been to the area, you know, I've ridden, ridden the subway out there to, to go to a Mets game. It's, it's, it's not a good area. Like there's nothing there. The U S opens there, which is used a couple times to, uh, for a couple weeks a year, Mets stadium. And then it's like automobile shops and dumps and nothing until you get to like Flushing, which is a couple miles away. And there's a small downtown there. So maybe it's a good thing because it will bring something more to the area and people that go to the baseball games, there's no reason to, to go there early or to stay after. So maybe this will give them something to do and it could kind of perk up the area, but it really, it's going to need a lot of help because there's not much going on. Well, Las Vegas Sands had said they wanted to develop a casino in Texas, but that never uh, came to fruition. They didn't vote on it this past year. So that's still many, many years away. This is the third casino license in New York. MGM owns Empire City and Yonkers. And then there's Resorts World over in Queens as well. And none of the casinos in New York are allowed to have sports wagering or table games until 2023. So, uh, you know, it's a few more a few more years until they can do that. But this is in Willits Point. So this is, you know, you just mentioned all those auto shops. That's where they'll build this uh, if they can do it. So in that, that area next to the field, this area is, of course, home to the 1964 World's Fair Mark where Walt Disney had four attractions there, including uh, including great moments with Mr. Lincoln, and It's a Small World debuted at the World's Fair in Flushing Meadow. So it's a historic place, and what better way than to sully it with a casino, drop, right? Drop a casino <laughs> on it. Walt Disney Man, rolling that, over in his grave. <laughs> that could, uh, maybe they'll put like a little ride inside the casino or something. Um but that could work out. The timing could work out well. You know, by the time they get built and everything, they might have uh, open it up to sports betting and tables, and so that would work out really well, depending on the time frame and everything. So it would make sense. I'm sure the land compared to like most of New York is somewhat cheap because there's nothing there. Um, so I, I could see it being successful, but we'll see. I don't know if it'll be like run down and trashy after a, a couple years, or if it will kind of bring the area up. So that will be interesting to see. Yeah, it's interesting to see they're also working with the Mets, so I think that gives them a better kind of chance at it. MGM and Wynn had both said that they were interested in this, and neither has commented on that, especially not Wynn. So, and MGM has the other casinos, so uh, you know they're they're certainly in the running, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. New York City getting a, another casino. I didn't know until I was researching this that they were getting the table games and sports betting kind of full casino treatment in 2023 at the existing casinos. So that's going to be huge. Another blow to Atlantic City, probably, and a blow to the Connecticut casinos as well uh, when they get that all up and running. And Sands... Uh, yeah, plus Boston. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Win uh, our Encore, Boston Harbor. Sorry, we can't call it Win uh, because that name shall never be spoken. Well, Mark, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you next week. <laughs>